0: But first, the news.
1: On the third day of Christmas,
0: the sport
1: sent to me. So day three today, Shui, in what will probably be, I guess, the closest to one of our normal episodes here. Obviously, our last proper episode was a couple of weeks ago now, so we have a little bit to catch up on. I had the pleasure of going to the Wildcats and Jack Jumpers as well as day four <laughs> of the first test. Thank you. Don't j- don't rub it in. You've got, to, you know, you've got to talk I, about it. I had a shit day of work that day as well. I did too, for <laughs> what it's worth. First test against Pakistan here in Perth. Three French hands, though. How the hell do I work like that? Well, Victor
0: Wimbanyama, Olivier Saar, Usman Jiang. Spurs and Thunder, three French hands. Anyway. Yeah,
1: yeah. One well, Alexander Star too, with the Wildcats, of course. True. Now, it's so funny you say that. Before we get any further, I just want to play you a little outtake that Lindsay recorded when I first asked her to sing the 12 Days of Christmas, because... It's almost like she read our mind. On the first day of Christmas, my sport
0: blog sent to me a long, arm player named Wimby. <laughs> 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 yes, good. I haven't actually heard that yet. That's good.
1: <laughs> and uh, I think maybe David Stern might have done his dash. We might just go with her for the rest of the... Uh, the <laughs>
0: yeah, I think we, we can probably retire it. <laughs>
1: So, where do you want to start? You've got a bit of opening bounce there by the looks of things. I don't have much uh, as far as opening bounce, so I'll throw to you first. Yeah, so
0: a couple of things for me. I saw a tweet from Chris Vernon the other day, very, very funny, regarding SMU signing an offensive tackle named King Large.
1: Ah, very good. King Large. Yeah, yeah. Come
0: on. Yeah. Gee whiz. (laughs) And to make it even better, you know how they have those things when they announce the signings where they'll have – a picture of the person standing up and then like a close-up of the top of their torso and their head. So the close-up of his torso and his head, he's wearing basically a white ski mask and a red bucket hat.
1: I'll show you the photo. Is that a made-up video game play?
0: <laughs> it looks like he's just about to rob a 7 yeah,
1: or engage in a wrestling Competition. Like
0: it's not—it's just that that sort of ski mask that you would sort of see somebody wearing when they're holding up a ski. Yeah, like it's, it's,
1: it's interesting. It's not good. No. King large.
0: So King, maybe he's King at large. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I like from what I've seen, he looks like he'll do quite well. But well oh, it's not a—it's not a great fight. He's doing the West Side sign as well. Right, so it's, right, right.
1: And this is in light of that G League player who. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a horrible. We won't go any further, no. Comanche. Yeah, yeah. That's of funny. course, the media reports him as this. Like NBA is like, I think he played one game for the NBA. That that, was not a good story at all. So by
0: that, he's he's one game more an NBA star than we are.
1: Yeah, well, that's true.
0: Quality. Now, on the topic of American football, I've got a stat here that I thought was really incredible. Okay. Brock Purdy, second in the NFL in passing yards, despite being 21st in the league in pass attempts. Mm. Isn't that nuts? That's pretty good. It is. So he's averaging 9.9 yards per attempt. Of all the guys that have thrown more than 2,000 yards, only two
1: are... Tungavailoa.
0: Thank you. And CJ Stroud at 8.6 and 8.2 respectively, or above 8.
1: Both on my fantasy team, funnily enough. And Purdy's nearly at 10. He was on my fantasy team at one point, but I put him on the waivers. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. There you go. Yeah, look, I, I still, I think McCaffrey should probably be MVP. There was a funny tweet I saw. I'm not going to try and dig it up now, but we don't have time, but... Yeah, I think Purdy's had a really great season, but he's got a lot of really good weapons. Hmm. A lot of really good weapons. McCaffrey and Debo and Ayuk and yeah, yeah. Oh, often, Kittle, it often helps. Yeah, oh, it does. It does. It yeah, helps. yeah. No, he's having a great season though. Good on him. Yep. Yeah.
0: And just the last thing, a bit of horse racing, not something that we often bring up in this because, well, let's be We're honest, not that interesting. It's it boring. Yeah. <laughs> but. Damien Oliver has officially called time on his career, he had a win for the ages in race nine at Ascot uh, aboard, aboard Munimek, I believe it's pronounced. Not a horse racing guy at the best of times, but if you watch this race.
1: It was pretty cool.
0: He was so, fun. so you had yeah, to see yeah, it. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah,
1: because it happened during the, uh, the fourth day of the test and it was oh, very thanks. close. It was in Stone's Throw away. It was right near the stadium, obviously, because they're in very close proximity to one another. I didn't realize it was a Perth link.
0: In his yeah, home I, city, I didn't even realise it was the Ascot in Perth. Yeah. I, I thought it might have been over. and I just assumed it would be somewhere else. But no, just to see how far back he was, he was stuck on the inside, made his way through the middle of the pack. And about fifty metres to go, he just powered up the guts yeah, and kicked it was it away. Very
1: impressive.
0: I actually got a little bit emotional when I watched that. And talking about
1: going out on top, yeah, I, yeah, I understand,
0: but like seeing it kick and just being like, oh, I my wife, and I. I got a bit teary. I'm like, this is incredible because he's obviously an icon of.
1: Yeah, I know. It's funny in your old age how that happens. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, it was referred to as, quote, a ballsy ride. And I think that sums it up pretty well.
1: Indeed. Yeah, no, hats off. Great way to finish.
0: You've got a little bit of a sad one. I I do.
1: Yeah, just one here because obviously it's not the full length of a normal episode. But unfortunately, Carl Webb has died at age 42, the state of origin player among other things in NRL had motor neurons disease. So yeah, very, very sad for him and his family. And, and just it's never a good time, but around Christmas it's a really shitty time. So our yeah. thoughts are with him and my yeah, you know, sometimes we've got to talk about bad stuff as well as good stuff. And obviously the Montrose
0: family, Eric Montrose. Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, yeah. From a UNC centre. That's and true, that's true. Yeah, d- apparently really nice guy, yeah. really. Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics, yeah. Detroit
0: Pistons, yeah. and Toronto, I believe, were the three teams. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, just a, um, you know, incredible human being, incredible player with UNC as well. Um, yeah, it's,
1: it's... Jay Billis was, was just glowing in his... Commentary on him. Yeah, yeah absolutely true. glowing.
0: uh Actually, I missed a couple as well. I played with Philadelphia, New Jersey, and Dallas as well.
1: Oh, wow. He played with more teams than I remember. I realized? remember
0: the Dallas. I don't remember the Nets and the Sixers. I don't know whether maybe he just kind of stayed there for a cup of coffee. uh Yeah, 31 games and 20, respectively. So,
1: yeah, yeah. bench writing
0: Look, he was, I mean, never like an outstanding NBA player. I mean, probably his best season was probably his first, actually. Um, ten and seven with Boston in his rookie season. But
1: they're a pretty average team, weren't they? Yeah, then? that was Although well, they, they brought over Dino Raja, if I'm not mistaken. That, that, that
0: yeah. that'd be like the Dana Barros and God, probably before Walter McCarty as well. Just uh like Todd Day.
1: Around Walter McCarty, yeah, maybe just before. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. w-
0: wouldn't have been a particularly all right. Let's, you know what, for the interest of getting this right, let's <laughs> let's have a look at their team. When it
1: comes to NBA, all
0: right, James. ACL! James Blackwell never heard of him. D Brown Sherman Douglas, the Shermanator, AC Earl, as you said, Purvis Ellison, Rick Fox, Jay Humphreys. Geez, that's getting on in his career Oh, the well. X
1: Men, Xavier McDaniels.
0: Xavier, yeah. Greg Miner, I remember him, Dino Raja, Derek Strong, David Wesley. And Nick. And your man, Dominique.
1: Yeah. So Interesting he, team. Yeah. So that's before he came over to us, yeah, before yeah. the Duncan draft. Yes.
0: Snuck in as the eight seed, and I believe Orlando probably would have pummeled them in the first round of the playoffs.
1: Almost well, certainly. 3-1,
0: there you go. There you go. She probably did pretty well to get one. Yep. Oh, actually, that's
1: right. In Orlando. That's
0: right. I remember that. They stole one in yeah in Orlando and everyone panicked and went, oh, shit, what's going to happen? Sherman here?
1: Douglas, 15 assists, yeah.
0: Yep, pretty good. Anyway.
1: Pretty good. There you go.
0: Not like us to go off on a tangent. I say that a lot. Oh, dear.
1: Well, I don't know if there was any point in putting the cut noise there because we've gone into the NBA. Yeah. So that was the end of one segment. What do you got?
0: Well, look, I mean, I don't know. Do you want to talk Spurs first? Uh, I feel like we, of,
1: we often – oh, it's three French hens. we have got to celebrate. Yeah, you yeah, we did. Because you had a win this we week. We did, we did. We had a win, yeah, after you were like, oh, could they be the, – Oh, like-
0: uh, I was probably on the same camp as you. I think yeah. like they were going to get maybe one before then. It, it was, like you said, they were going to run into a team that was either full of injuries or had guys out. I mean, this was a –
1: LeBron did play, but yeah. Yeah, but it was a – a
0: D'Angelo De, Russell, a – Cam Reddish and an Anthony Davisless Lakers. I mean, that's yeah. a big hole to fill.
1: Yeah, yeah. Davis, Davis has been playing well lately too. Mm. Yeah, no, no, it was a good win. I, have, I must admit, I haven't watched that one yet. Uh, I haven't watched a lot of NBA since we last recorded, if I'm honest with you. But the point guard experiment's definitely over with Jeremy Sohan. And now we'll,
0: fucking time. Yeah, too.
1: and we'll get to that. It's funny how he had a thirty after you dogged mm. him. Yeah, but, yeah, but that's fine. We'll get to that in a sec. So, I wanted to, I guess, look at Wemby Watch from the point of view of a Chris Mannix Sports Illustrated article, and we'll talk about them in there, the Court of Public this, have opinion. Have we checked who Chris Mannix is? <laughs> no, he's, he's good. He's good. So, it's called Spurs Rookie Sensation Victor Wembanyama has lived up to the hype in 2023. And I guess that's what I've been saying in Wemby Watch the last few weeks.
0: I just had a quick look. The photo of Chris Mannix is a Chinese guy. <laughs> No, I'm
1: I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I kid, I kid. Uh, So, as he said, he racked up a 21.12 rebound double-double in just his second NBA game. He cracked 30 in his fifth. He collected 103 points, 40 rebounds, and 11 blocks in his first five games, the first rookie since Shaq. He became the third teenager to post a 38.10 rebound, two blocks stat line, joining James and Durant. So it just goes on and on. While we're on three French hens, we'll stick with the French Connection. Between Parker, France's most accomplished NBA player, and Boris Dia, the former Spur who is now GM of the French national team, Wemby Yama has seen firsthand the kind of players who once carried San Antonio to the postseason for 22 straight years, a streak that began five years before he was born. Popovich also enlisted Ginobili as an unofficial member of the coaching staff, working directly with Wemby. And he said on Tony Parker's podcast recently, you have to be patient, oh sorry, you got to be patient He's going to be extraordinary, but there's work to be done. So a couple of other things from this article I wanted to jump on. He said, and I quote, For Wembenyama, the connection with Popovich was immediate. He just learned to know me quicker than almost anyone I've ever met in my life before. A couple of other things. While the flashes of early season success have been nice, San Antonio is playing the long game. Develop now, worry about winning later. Which means allowing Wembenyama to play through early mistakes. We promised ourselves as a staff we were going to watch him for a while, said Popovich. We just want to observe, make sure we don't skip steps, but don't overcoach right off the bat. Wemby Chet and AD are the only players with 400 plus points, 200 plus boards and 50 plus blocks this season, according to StatMuse, and we'll do Thunder Talk in a sec. And I guess I wanted to bring up the Zohan thing. So look, we all knew that it wasn't a long term. Well, we, we figured it wasn't going to be a long term experiment. I think they're trying to build some instincts in him. He was overthinking things. He, was, he wasn't he was always running the break right. Far from perfect. But I think in the long run, I think it'll be good. And funnily enough, instead of Trey Jones, and I don't know what he has to do right to get a starter gig. I don't get it, man. They've put Malachi Branham in. And look, he's had some big games where he's had assists. He's not a pure point guard. But again, I think it's a player development thing. So they're, they're developing his passing game and his playmaking skills. And look, what will happen is... At least one of these guys will not end up on the Spurs. And some team, much like Boston is with Derek White, for example, some team's going to be really happy with the development that these guys have got Mm. because they are. They're developing skills. The guys are not going to be playing these positions ultimately, but they're developing these skills. And and it is a long game. And we are. I mean, why? a lot of Spurs fans are like, why aren't we trying to win now? I mean, for Christ's sake. No, 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 no. Memphis have just got jar back. They're not in the playoffs. All these things like Phoenix, the Lakers. There's all these good teams with good rosters that may not even make the bloody playoffs. So why would this year you do anything other than development? That's my attitude anyway.
0: And then obviously following on from being back, it looks like Marcus Smart will be back this week as well. I think Memphis, from where they are, could still sneak in.
1: Yeah, they could. Uh, It's still a long way to go. They could. So so this is my point. The, The West is so stacked why wouldn't you just build slowly? And, and look, again, I do feel sorry for Trey Jones. I really like him and I think mm. he's starting caliber. But in the long run, I think this is going to help Brenham's game. I think it will help Sohan's game. I think it's good. The pressure's off Sohan. He can just play with a bit more instinct now rather than having... to. I think he was overthinking things. But I think in the long run, it will help. Yeah.
0: I think Jones is the sort of point guard that makes sense on a team with Wemby, with Devin Vassell, with Kelvin Jones. Like it makes more sense to... To have a pure point guard, and that is what Definitely, yeah. that's what Jones is. Yeah. I did also have notes down here though that I really do like what they've done with moving Collins to the bench and having Branham in there. At least it, it kind of means that Wemby is more likely to be defending at the rim, which means that he's going to get more shot blocking opportunities. And I
1: gave those stats the last episode we did. Those those opportunities have risen almost fourfold. Yeah. It,
0: it makes sense. And the thing is, like a second unit of Collins Osman. Trey Jones, Doug McDermott and Julian Champagne. like that's a decent five
1: yep yep I still think McDermott will get moved yeah Probably. at some point no, Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Fair. the other one is Keldon Johnson which is interesting and look I must admit at times I do wonder if he's the odd man out as well he's on a very good deal though and he would make some team very very happy I think mm. but he might but he's been playing really well lately so it'd be a shame to see him go but yeah he's an interesting one too it's, yeah. it's an
0: interesting one it, it is a very interesting one and, and look I haven't looked at the numbers today, but going into today, you know, Wembenyama is averaging 4.1 blocks per game in his past five, but also 1.4 steals. Yes, so, yeah, yeah. So going back to one of the things you mentioned, he's going to get his hands on stuff just because he's long. Yeah, we've seen Chet do the same sort of thing. as Some of the blocks he had, one of them in particular uh, against Memphis, he was probably two steps behind the play and still managed yeah, to, yeah. To, to sort of get in there.
1: But even the way Wemby defends inbounds, for example, He he gets steals that no other players get. Yeah.
0: Look, I my thing I'll say with Wemby, I think he's still leaning on the three a little bit too much. And if they had a a traditional point guard, I'm thinking like Lob City Chris Paul, he'd be getting 10 points. It's so
1: funny you say that. Paul's been struggling in Golden State. And even though I'm not a big fan, the thought did cross my mind the other night that Chris Paul would probably actually be a good place.
0: You're one of the few organisations that could probably actually afford his contract. Yeah,
1: yep, yep. So,
0: yeah, I mean, having him there you'd be getting 10 points a game just on lobs.
1: Yeah, probably. Because he knows yeah, where
0: yeah. to put them. Yep. So, yeah, look, it is interesting. I did want to just quickly go back to Zach Collins. I know I, <laughs> I grossly exaggerated things a little bit in the last episode. He's only taken the most shots once for the Spurs this season. And he's probably sitting about where he should. He's sort of fourth on the team. When but, you say
1: last episode, you mean last proper episode, not the Christmas ones. With, oh, yeah, sorry. I yeah. keep
0: forgetting. Yeah, third, yeah. I keep forgetting. <laughs> But he does have two 0 for 7s and an 0 for 6 from 3 this season. He's a near 7-footer shooting basically four a game at 30%. That's not his game.
1: No. And even with Bassie out, I'm glad he's moved to the bench too. But
0: that's why I think it's good because then if he's in the game and it's not just him and Wemby, because I think that's why sometimes he floats out there because obviously Yama's in the, the key way clogging things up. Whereas in- Well, and
1: vice versa too. Yeah. Wemby floats out sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So I think if you've got... One guy in it by the time the other guy is going to basically be in the paint doing their thing, so hopefully, we'll see a little bit more of that. I would just like to see him maybe put it back in the queue. Now, I will say this he played against Milwaukee the other day and went four for seven. That's awesome. If you're shooting four for seven, go nuts. But once it gets to 0 for three, maybe 0 for four, put the queue back in the rack. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Now, I'm going to show you something because I want an authentic reaction for
1: oh, you. Okay. Exciting. So you've just shown me a video of Chet giving himself a self-value. An, an
0: up and under Yeah, self-aware. very
1: nice. I, I can't think of a player that big that would have done that to That's themselves. Like, LeBron, we've, maybe. We've seen
0: Kobe, we've yeah, seen LeBron. Yeah. A couple of others, Tracy McGrady, maybe do that oh, stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. that sort of stuff. But for a guy his size to be doing that, what's oh, it's
1: exciting. Oh, he looks fantastic.
0: Very interesting week for us. Uh, a one-point win in Denver on a Shea Gilgis-Alexander jump shot. That was a nice bounce back after the loss in Sacramento. Really, really good win today against the Clippers team that was on, I think it was a nine-game winning streak. Yeah, they've, so, they've
1: been playing well. And and we like to stick the boot in on James Harden, but credit where credit's due. He's been amazing. He has played very well the last few games. So that was a big win, yeah. He's
0: fit into that team really well. And it, look, it's exciting that the Clippers are going to be good. I, I'm all for that. but like It's... You know, it's one of these things you may not necessarily like James Harden, you may not like Kawhi Leonard, you may not like Paul George, but it's a fun brand of basketball.
1: And Kawhi, when he can stay on the court, is still one of the best players in the league. Yep. He can he can be very dominant. And that I still I keep thinking back to that first game against Phoenix last playoffs. Yeah. I mean, when he peaks in the playoffs, anything can happen. Absolutely. Yep.
0: Absolutely. Now So going back to that Denver game, just quickly. So obviously, yeah, Shea hit the big shot, but Jalen Williams had 24. You had 17, 11, and eight blocks from Chet Hongren. Just the continued efficient bench play from guys like Isaiah Joe, Jalen Williams, Aaron Wiggins, you know, guys like them. We're not necessarily winning every close game, but we're giving ourselves, I guess, really good shots at winning a lot of these games. We've won at Denver, at Dallas, at Golden State twice, at Phoenix, at Cleveland already
1: this season. Yep, good scalps.
0: We've got a tough stretch at home. You know, we beat the Clippers today, as I say, but we've still got the Lakers, Wolves and Knicks, who the Lakers may be struggling a little bit, but the Wolves and Knicks are playing decent ball right now. But then we've got a really good run early January at the Hawks, at the Nets, at the Wizards and at the Heat. So you'd like us to get three of those four at least, I would think. And then a home game against Portland after that. So, you know, we really are looking to set this season up. Really oh, nicely.
1: Yeah, yeah. Is it time to start thinking about a trade and win now?
0: Interesting, yeah. So,
1: I've heard Dieng's name bandied about. I've heard or Giddy's name was uh, his name was in rumors before the scandal,
0: yeah. But his values That's were...
1: much come out there, has there? Like, nah,
0: yeah, no, nah, it's kind of almost gone away for now. Well, know, yeah, it'll be one of these things that'll just all of a sudden something will happen,
1: yeah. Well, there'll be an information update, yeah. yeah, yeah. But
0: it is crazy though, like we're only, I think, four and a half games ahead of the Suns in 10th,
1: right? Okay, so yeah, yeah,
0: you know, as a young side, you hope there won't be any of those. Sort of runs of losses in a row, but we we are looking good. Chet had 15 blocks in two games against the Nuggets and Grizzlies. That's tied with Sergio Barker for the most in a two-game span in Thunder history, which is uh, he's a guy you want to be associated with defensively. Oh yeah, absolutely, one of the yeah, best yeah. ever. Yeah. Um, and as I said, you know, just there's some of them that he just doesn't have any business getting to, but he's just his timing as a rookie is so impressive. I did want to just throw potentially trivia without noticing. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. There are 27 games of nine or more blocks by a rookie in NBA history.
1: As a rookie who had a full season with the team as well. Yeah. Yeah, it helps.
0: But, he, you know, he wasn't yeah. playing. No, no, no. He so wasn't. It, it does make a difference. All right. Trivia without notice. Oh, here we go. So obviously I've mentioned the 15 blocks in two games. So it was a seven and an eight. Yep. I had a look to see where that ranked. There are amazingly 27 games of nine or more blocks as a rookie. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys with double figure blocks as, as a hell. rookie. As a rookie. See how many you can come up with.
1: All right, Manute Bowl.
0: Manute Ball has eight of them, including a 15-block game against Atlanta.
1: Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley is not on the list. Okay. George Morrison? Nope. Um well Elmore Smith has the record.
0: He didn't do that as a rookie. Not did. as a rookie.
1: Nah. Uh
0: a couple of fairly obvious ones I reckon.
1: Dakembi. Dikembi Matombo, yes. Oh maybe even guys like Akeem. Akeem
0: actually amazingly is not on the list. And I
1: said Akeem because he was Akim as a rookie. Yeah, uh, David
0: Robinson. David Robinson is one and Shaq? Uh, no Shaq. Akeem's actually very close to one of them.
1: He's oh like, Ralph. Ralph Sampson. Ralph Sampson, yeah. Yeah. How many? So how many yeah, are we yeah, looking three,
0: at? Three, three to go. Three and, to go. And I, I reckon one one of them I'll have to give you because I would be very Oh, nice. it's
1: not a guy like Mark Eaton or something. Mark Eaton's one of them, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh two more, you say. Okay,
0: I'll give you a very, very big clue on one of them. Robbie's favorite player.
1: Oh, Josh Smith. Josh Smith? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Good length. Yeah, makes sense. And the last guy, Harvey Catchings. Oh, yeah, okay. You never know, would have, no, I never no, would have got him. No,
0: no, that would have taken years to get him.
1: Yeah, on. yeah. Okay. So
0: yeah. there you go. Yeah. There's uh a lot of, a lot of very impressive uh, block games. Good, no, I love a bit of trivia without yeah, notice. Good we, stuff. Yeah.
1: Good stuff. Beautiful. I want to start here. According to Bally Sports South, Trey Young joined Michael Jordan, Nate, Tiny Archibald, and Russell Westbrook, as well as Oscar Robertson, who did it twice, to record thirty plus points and ten plus assists in five consecutive games.
0: Very
1: nice. Speaking of the small guys cooking, Dame started to cook in his last few games too, including against us. He had a thirty-three and five, a thirty-nine and eleven, and a forty and four in his last three games. So. He's starting to settle He's starting into to that finish. Bucks team by the looks of things. Yeah.
0: I've got a couple of things. Yep. We do need to make a slight correction from one of our previous episodes as well. Nikola Jokic was actually ejected from that game against the Bulls for saying motherfucker on Serbian heritage.
1: Night. Yes, yes. It's even worse than we first thought. It's yeah. disgraceful. Yeah. By the way, in corrections, I talked about the BBL. I meant to say the WBL. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah,
0: yeah. got
1: to mention that. Yeah, no, that's even more egregious, isn't it? A Really poor refereeing. That's not why people pay their money. No, exactly. Yeah.
0: A couple of other ones. Did you see that massive service dog sitting courtside at the Knicks and Lakers
1: game? Only because you showed me, I think. Oh, did I? I think so, yeah. I can't remember if I did. There you go. But he was a really good boy. He sat there nice and quiet. <laughs> well, service dogs are very well behaved. Get this, though. He also
0: won a dance-off against a fan.
1: He didn't provide a cramp assistance to any players. No, nope, nope, nah, nope. he's not that good of a service He's, he's not
0: that. No, he doesn't yeah. provide that sort of service. Um, the crowd actually booed the guy who went against the <laughs> dog. Dogs
1: are always going to win. Exactly. Dogs are, yeah.
0: Especially a cute dog like yeah, that. Yeah, really yeah. good <laughs> them, dog. Um, Miles Bridges recorded the second worst plus minus in league history against Philadelphia the other day with a minus 56
1: Damn.
0: in just 30 minutes. The worst ever was a negative 57 by a guy I have to admit, I've never even heard of, Manny Harris. You remember that name?
1: No, but when did he play? I mean...
0: Uh, Well, he played for the Cavs in 2011 or 2012, I think it was. This was a 112-57 loss to the Lakers. Get this for a team. Starting five was Harris, Anton Jamison, Mo Williams, JJ Hickson, and Ryan Hollins, which is... Pretty average. Pretty average. Yeah. The bench, Samato Samuels, Alonzo G, Ramon Sessions, Jamario Moon, and Christian Ienga. Just, just quickly as well, just to show how lopsided that what that game was. The Cavaliers starters were eight of 37 from the field at 21%. The Lakers 28 of 48, 58%. Yeah, so okay. absolutely smashed him. Anyway, that's a side track and a half.
1: Steph Curry's streak of 268 consecutive games with a three pointer is over. I yeah. don't know if you had that in your notes. I
0: didn't, but I've seen over eighty went. Yeah. Terrible.
1: Yeah, seven points. Two for 12 on the game. Yep. But all good things must come to an end.
0: That's it. Speaking of coming to an end, just quickly, how good is it having John Morant back on the court?
1: It is good. Yeah. And good, good for the league, good for the Grizzlies. But yeah.
0: But yeah. He was, did you see the game against New Orleans? No,
1: I, I wow. haven't watched much NBA in the last couple of Man, weeks.
0: Man, he was special. 34 points, hit the game winner, just
1: looked happy. Just, oh, I saw the highlight. I saw the game winner, yeah. the, the highlight. Yeah.
0: Did you see the most random stat ever. The most points ever in a return game from a suspension of twenty-five games. On. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh I come up with a new stat for anything. Love that. Here's one to show how much the league has changed. Anthony Edwards, who is age twenty-two, passed Larry Bird on the all-time three-pointers list. Yep, I believe that. That's fucking nuts. <laughs> Larry Bird, yep. twenty-two. Yeah. I mean, I believe it would happen eventually, but that's nuts, man. I mean,
0: Edwards is a
1: very, very good player. Not, Not so much. He might need some sensitivity training, but boy, oh boy, he is playing at an elite level.
0: I would be surprised if Larry Bird averaged more than three threes a game in any season.
1: Oh, it's just the fact that Edwards is only 22 and he's only been around for five minutes. There you go.
0: Career high for Larry Bird was 3.3 attempts a game. Yeah. And you've got to remember for the first, what, seven seasons he played, or first, yeah, first six, take one or two a game. Yeah. Whereas I can guarantee Anthony Edwards will probably be up around seven, maybe eight a game. Oh, yeah, almost certainly. Let's have a look. The joys of the internet being able to do a list. Uh, there we go. Okay, 7.2, 8.4, 7.3, 6.4. So he's actually shooting less this season. But when you're shooting that many, you're going to make a lot.
1: Yeah. Just interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. i got one more and it's a funny. <laughs> go for it. Yeah. Boogie Cousins has signed a 10-day contract with the Taiwan Beer Leopards. When when I told my girlfriend about she's like, I, I want a shirt. I want a shirt. I want to know what a beer leopard tastes like. <laughs> it's like beer-battered fish, but <laughs> yum. Oh, what a name. Yeah, wow. You got any other NBA? No, no, that's me for the NBA. Well, we'll move to the NBL. So, look, we've talked about that Good Samaritan, so to speak, uh, in our Christmas episode a couple of days ago. So we won't go any further there. I see the Bullets have signed Casey Prather. Yeah, look...
0: Me, as a jury, is out on that at the moment. I would like to see how he performs first. Like, obviously, we remember him very fondly.
1: Oh, it's several years ago. Yeah, his time yeah. with the
0: Wildcats, his time with Melbourne United. He was an excellent player, one of the best in the league. But as you say, it's a long time ago now. I'd like to see how he comes back from injury. Even
1: and- with United, at times, his impact was maybe not as much with the Wildcats. Sure. Unless my memory is failing me. Yeah.
0: I think it was. But again, that was a very stacked Melbourne team. Oh, yeah. Well. yeah.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, always very deep. Yeah. Yeah. You got anything else for NBL?
0: Look, before we get into the game that you got to go and see, the Jackies yes, thank you. coming to play the Wildcats, yep. there was one thing I saw on Twitter that I really want to outline. Now, I haven't really had a whole heap of great stuff to say about Justin Robinson. I think the Hawks are very, very excitedly starting to turn things around. Justin Tatum, I just completely forgot that he was Jason Tatum's dad for a while.
1: I, me too. Yeah. But... But, you, you know, go.
0: really, really exciting to see them turn things around. All of a sudden, after that disastrous start, they're only one game in the loss column behind Tassie.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it makes our loss to them feel a bit more palatable, it, as I it, said it in our does. chat. Yeah.
0: And I was thinking as well, like, it's kind of interesting to think about all of the, the teams that have investment from overseas players. Could we see Jason and maybe some of the other Celtics investing in the Hawks?
1: Yeah, well, it would make sense. Yeah, wouldn't it? It yeah. really would. Yeah.
0: But anyway, getting back to Justin Robinson, I saw this tweet the other day from him. And he said, hey, Illawarra fans, if you've spent your hard-earned money to purchase a jersey of mine for you or your kids and want it signed, please tweet me or message me on Instagram so I can do so. Awesome. How good is that?
1: Great. I, that's excellent. Put him on the nice list.
0: I I love that. that yeah. is, no,
1: that, that's really good. That
0: is somebody who really appreciates what they're up to. So, yeah, love that. All right jackies and cats i admit i didn't actually get to see much of this oh
1: man what a game because i was working yeah that's
0: the reason i couldn't go which yeah. is a, a real shame
1: yes no one man's uh work is another man's luck so thank you for those those that's, tickets that's
0: how the saying goes yeah that it? is
1: that is that's exactly one how it's work
0: oh that could be a title <laughs> one man's work is well actually because... uh, yeah, but... no it's gonna be day three yeah know.
1: yeah but uh yeah interesting game look i gotta say the crowd was a bit interesting a bit kind of Lacking in energy a little bit. I don't know. And we'll talk about the the crowd numbers at the cricket shortly as well. I don't know if it's Christmas and inflation and people spending money and people being burnt out and tired and whatnot. But I did feel the energy a little bit down in the stadium, I thought. So could, that's just an observation. Could that have anything to
0: do with the fact that for a good chunk of the game, it looked like the Jackies were going to just run away with it?
1: Mm, think, possibly, then, yeah got oh, like,
0: it, it got to like 16 It did, like it
1: did get to like 16 But it it, it was kind of a it, it never felt completely out of reach And it was a bit of an arm wrestle Back and forth, the Wildcats and JJ Seem to have really great games All the time, don't they? Mm. And, and they've come here and won In Perth, obviously that first game of the season Was really good, yeah So So I felt the energy was a little bit down But Bryce was just absolutely magnificent mm. <laughs> That off-balance three that he hit Near the oh, end was nuts. just just absolutely nuts. Yeah, absolutely. Some poor umpiring, the block charge. I've One of the worst block charges I've ever seen in my life. It was absolutely textbook. They called it the wrong way. And then, yeah, so uh, the less I say about the refs, the better probably. But yeah, the Wildcats escaped. And, and it's a good sign because they find ways to win, even when they often have no right to win, to be honest. So it was a big, big one.
0: So who do you think, apart, obviously Bryce was magnificent, but who else did you feel sort of really contributed to that win. Sorry, just quickly, I've just put on the NBL app and I can see that the Breakers are leading the Kings by 18.
1: Ah, oh, fuck, I didn't do my super coach again. Oh, f- Stupid time difference. Those, those New Zealand games get me every time. They do. Uh, well, what was interesting was Pinder started really well, really well, and then was kind of nowhere to be seen at the end. So he wasn't in our finishing five, which I found quite interesting. Now, we won in the end, so it was probably the right call. But I just found it odd that he started so well and then didn't play as much. It was interesting. Corey Webster barely played, but hit a buzzer beater at the half. That and was then, a tough shot. And then I think it was a tie hit one at the end of the third. So we actually had two buzzer beaters in two of the four quarters, which helped in a really close game too. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's it's one of those games. It was actually kind of nice to see that there was a real spread of points. I mean, Wagstaff 10, Webster 10, Pinder 15, 10 for Usher.
1: Doolittle didn't shoot well, but he contributed in other ways. He rebounded really well. He had some really key offensive rebounds at times. So Doolittle yeah, still did his job even though. On
0: one play, but yeah, that massive, massive three from Webster. Right to near the
1: end. Game. Yeah, yeah, huge, huge.
0: It's, it's an interesting point of the season. I mean, the Cats obviously are probably, you'd have to say right up there with Melbourne United as like the form team of the competition. With one,
1: I think at this stage, Melbourne and Perth are probably the two best teams. With maybe Tassie and Sydney next.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, the, the only teams that have won their last three, what, that can't be right? How's Tassie won their last three? They can't have. No, you like...
1: can't rely on the NBL yeah, fuck app up. there. No, that's all right. Yeah. yeah. Think... We'll leave that in. We won't cut that out. It's not our fault that the app's fucked, is it?
0: It is pretty fucked, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's terrible. That is honestly terrible you have just lost to us. How can they? And yeah. it's showing their streak as negative two. <laughs> Dear
1: put, Lord. put the NBL app on the naughty list. That
0: app is terrible. Oh, that's a joke. But, but yeah. both
1: Melbourne and Perth, because of the tennis, have lengthy road uh, sequences here. Yeah. So that's going to be a test for both. Yeah. Obviously, Melbourne have banked a lot of wins.
0: But the next five games will really shape the yeah. season. You know, yeah, it's you're, like, you're right. Let's go one and four, and all of a sudden they're sort of ten and ten chances of finishing top two are pretty slim. Whereas a team like Sydney, who I think have a few games at home coming up, they could easily bank a few. Tassie, probably the same as well. I'd need to have a look at the exact runs. I know Jackson McDonald, shout out to him. I know he posted that fairly recently. Ah,
1: Okay, very good, very good.
0: I dare say, though, I'm probably not going to see much NBL for the next couple of weeks because, obviously, Christmas, there's not...
1: That's what I was going to say. Yeah, the double header on Christmas. so I don't think either of us will have a chance to watch, really. Unlikely. But, uh, I think the Wildcats are playing the day before or the day after. Uh, so, obviously, I'll make an effort to watch my team.
0: Yeah, we're playing at Melbourne.
1: Yeah, the... that's right. Yeah, big yeah. game, huge yeah. game. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I don't think I'll actually get a chance to watch much of it. But we'll, we'll see how we go. Maybe keep an eye on the extended highlights
1: while I'm in Bali. Indeed, yes. We'll keep an eye on those scores.
0: And now, what made Stu say bloody hell? Well, in the interest of it being Christmas and a time for giving, I'm giving you not one, but two bloody hells. Oh, I love it. So the first bloody hell this week takes us to America and a college basketball game between the Lindenwood Lions and the IUPUI Jaguars in Indianapolis. There is a minute 21 left in the second half. It's a seven-point game, and IUPUI...
1: A Yui Pui, as uh, yeah, yeah, Richie Milley used to say. Yeah. Whatever we want to call him. Yeah, George Hill went there.
0: But he did too, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. So they're at the free throw line. They're down by seven. And the refs signal a substitution for the Jaguars before hastily calling it off. And you're thinking, what's going on here? Like Everyone's turning and having a look. There was a random fan wearing a full LeBron James white Miami Heat jersey, complete with the white leg sleeves, who'd wandered up to the table to try and check in for the games with a minute and a half left. Absolutely incredible. And because of the way the camera angles were, you could actually see them walking him out of the arena just going past all the cheerleaders. It was absolutely nuts. I've never seen anything like it. So for wearing a full LeBron James jersey in Indianapolis of all places, that's a very dangerous place to wear a LeBron jersey. (laughs) I hate him. And trying to pull a Javo without success, all I can say is, Bloody hell.
1: Fake Clay, eat your heart out.
0: Yeah, true. Well, Fake Clay at least never tried to. No, yeah,
1: he just tried to celebrate the bloody championship (laughs) in the the
0: room. See it? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Touche, (laughs) touche. All right. Now, the second bloody hell this week takes us to the IPL auction. I believe it was in Dubai. So technically, it takes us to the UAE. But for the sake of the segment, we'll say India. During the auction, all-rounder Shashank Singh popped up and after a little while, Punjab gave the nod that they would like to bid 20 luck or about $35,000 for him. The camera flashes over to the Punjab camp and a couple of guys have fairly confused looks on their faces. The announcer goes on to introduce the next player before the Punjab team start waving their arms to get her attention, telling her they bid on the wrong player. The announcer had a look on her face of like, what the fuck are you doing? Seriously calmly explained to them that the hammer had already come down before Punjab sheepishly conceded defeat. Just as embarrassing was the snack of choice on the table, a jar of dried banana slices.
1: I guess that's why they're the kings and not the super kings, Chewie.
0: Yes. I get some freaking Monte Carlo's or something. <laughs> something, honestly. So to the Punjab kings and that sing king feeling. Yeah, I love it. All I can say is, Kudni Naraka, bloody hell. Bloody
1: hell. So just some cricket to get through quickly, Shui. I went to day four of the first test. Do we start there or do we start with the BBL?
0: Start with the BBL. This is probably the the big news. Jeez. So very early in the season, Brisbane top of the table, Scorchers and the Sixers undefeated as well. But the big story is Tom Curran. Oh, it's
1: terrible, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Oh dear. Oh dear indeed. Oh dear. Yeah.
0: So he's warming up for their match against Hobart and was seen completing his bowling action, sort of running up and down on the pitch, which isn't allowed before the game. I think they said the only two people that are allowed on the pitch are the captain and the coach, which I did think was interesting. I would have thought nobody should be allowed on there. But anyway, an umpire's come across and sort of yelled out to him, You can't do that. And he's run back to the top of his mark, potentially not heard the guy properly. And in the, the sort of the confusion, he's the the umpires come and kind of blocked the crease where he was running and mm. he yelled out, you can't run here. You can run along the side, but you can't run on, on the pitch. Curran has run in again, only deviating around the umpire at the absolute 11th hour, causes the umpire to move to avoid what he thought was an imminent collision. I mean, Curran's six foot tall, probably weighs about 80 kilos, it's very interesting that it's hard to get the men's weight when there have been a few issues with the women's weight in the cricket, I had to say. Okay, yeah. You know, you couldn't find it. Anyway, but this is a guy who's played internationally. It's not good. And then apparently he's turned around to the umpire and said, if you stand in the way, I have nowhere to go, you fuckhead. Wow. Go all barrels, knife.
1: Well, how's this? So I quote, Tom and the club maintain that Tom did not knowingly or intentionally intimidate a match official and on legal advice, we will exercise our right to appeal to the decision. You're wasting your time. Admit you screwed up. He definitely screwed up. Look, now, maybe he's not thinking in his mind, oh, I'm going to intimidate him by doing this. But, like, it was a dog act. Yeah. Very immature. Not what you'd expect from an international player, like you said. And some people are saying don't invite him back to the BBL. Aye, aye. So there's some pretty strong... Well, Okay.
0: Here's the thing. If he hasn't heard what the umpire has said, why would you not just walk up to him and go, sorry, mate, didn't hear you. It's a bit noisy in yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, what, what, What did you say? Instead of not only running at him and nearly running into him... It was like a game of chicken. But also deviating onto the pitch instead of... Yeah, yeah, the other yeah, side yeah.
1: Like, yeah,
0: yeah. It's... Yeah. Honestly, it's, it's one of the biggest dog acts I've ever seen. Now, I do also want to say, I'm not trying to condone in any way, shape, or form what he did. Do you think the umpire... Blocking the crease off instead of going up to him and explaining what he said.
1: But if we're also if if this is a common rule that they should know already, well, maybe,
0: And look, I'm playing devil's No, um, no, I know, I know what you're saying. Maybe he doesn't know the rule. Yeah, but...
1: no, nah, I don't. I don't. I don't think there's a lot of plausible deniability He's here. Done. And I've watched the footage. But
0: do you think? Yeah. Do you think the umpire should have maybe gone to him instead of just standing on the crease?
1: I don't want a victim blame. No, I'm no, gonna... no, okay. no, no. Again, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I know it's devil's advocate stuff. I, no, I don't. No, I don't think the umpire did anything wrong here. Really, I think Tom Curran screwed up big time, and he should fucking own it.
0: Is four games enough?
1: Uh, well, I guess you got to think about how short a BBL season is. So, four games is actually quite significant. It's all relative; these things. All right. Four games in the NBA is very different to four games in the BBL. Yeah,
0: that's fair enough. It's it's a sizable amount. We're talking about more than a quarter of the season. Actually, we've just double checked; it's a third of the season. So, it's yeah, a pretty happy. That's sizable. Yeah, but. I have to say, do you think going back to the comment you said about somebody saying that they should maybe not invite him back? Thoughts?
1: Yeah, oh, I don't know if I'd go that far to be honest. But it was pretty, it was a pretty poor act, and I think he might have got off lightly actually. Mm,
0: maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: think the whole season, I wouldn't have been overly outraged if he'd been given the whole season.
0: Yeah, it's it's disgraceful. I mean, and we always say like the umpires are absolutely like you should not be you shouldn't be touching an umpire you shouldn't be
1: like unless you're you know running at one full speed is pretty poor form but
0: yeah and i I shouldn't say like we you know shouldn't be touched now if you're putting your arm on a shoulder and
1: again it's all context yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: on the back or you know you know a joking hug or whatever it happens to be like
1: high five yeah
0: yeah, or you help you help them up when they you know if they've had a ball hit at them and they've fallen over whatever but yeah doing that and Absolutely trying to say that's not intimidating as a joke.
1: Yeah. So, not a good year for English cricket. Tom Curran, do better. Indeed. Any other BBO? Oh, I must have been. I haven't really watched any. Nah. I, I watched a tiny bit last night. Yeah. yeah there was I that t- dodgy pitch.
0: I tend to kind of not watch it until it gets close to finals. Yeah. It's yeah. too much going on.
1: You want actually. I just prioritise other sport or yeah. other versions of the sport, including the test. So it was really great to get out to day four. We planned to go to day three initially, but I'm glad in the end we went to day four because it was less hot. <laughs> mm. It was five degrees cooler or so. And we got to see Nathan Lyon get his 500th wicket and we got to see the Aussies win. Mm. So that was really good. I don't know how much you got to see. I know we both listened on Grandstand a fair bit while yeah, we were working. That
0: that was the problem is being out working, and obviously like Saturday and Sunday is all good. But again, it's the wife's work week, so you know she gets to go to work on the Saturday and the Sunday. So
1: he gets to yeah. You know, well, <laughs> look,
0: I was I was well. <laughs> she, she, she gets freedom from the kids. Oh, okay. But, um, no, look, as much as as much as I wanted to just sit in bed all day watching. Firstly, it's hard to watch on a phone for extended periods of time. Nah, yeah, it is, and it, it wasn't is. wasn't on the telly. Channel seven. I didn't I couldn't see.
1: Uh you might have been flicking on channel nine, Stewie. Possible. It was on channel seven. Mm, yeah. Why? It was definitely on because I watched day. All right, three right on it, Star I, Vision. Right. Well, I swear I, I swear I
0: went through the whole guide and didn't see it. Anyway. Mm. Whatever.
1: It depends on the time of day. Sometimes they switch the channels. Anyway. What do you the crowd numbers? So day one, just over 16,000. Day two, 17 and a half. Day three, nearly 16. Day four, the day we won and the day Lion got that 500th, under 10. Only 9,244. A total of 59, an average of nearly 15.
0: Yeah, look, it's it's such an interesting one because there's so many factors that you've got to take into consideration. So firstly, what's the percentage of the total volume of the Stadium, because people are going, oh, you'd you'd never get seventeen thousand at the G. I say, so, okay, well, the G holds a hundred thousand, so mm. let's let's talk about that. Let's also talk about the population of Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney—all a lot higher than the population in Perth.
1: Glad you brought this up. Tweet here from Ian Higgins from the Great Cricketer. Great podcast and funny guys. Population of Perth approximately two million. Optus Stadium capacity sixty thousand, roughly three percent of Perth population to sell out. So we'd be asking the equivalent to be 150,000 attendants per day in Sydney or Melbourne. So you can't just make it number for number because it does have to be relative. Or in London, 300,000, 600,000 in Mumbai. I reckon Perth's going okay, he said. So that's interesting.
0: The other thing you've got to remember as well is that it was last week. A lot of people are still working. So,
1: but that's what I found funny—that day four. So yeah, yeah so it's yeah. Saturday because I agreed, and, and I was putting this on Twitter. I'm like, well, hold on, guys. Thursday, Friday, still normal work weeks. Let's wait till the weekend. But then the weekend happened. Yeah, and the victory day was the
0: that, smallest crowd of them all. That was a bit surprising. Yeah, so it was very surprising but, but again. You know, people are going to stay away on the Saturday because it was basically forty degrees. I it can, was
1: fucking hot. I can understand, yeah, yeah, that sort of
0: thing. I don't, yeah. I don't have anything for the Sunday. Obviously, that's you know, it's disappointing.
1: I wonder if people are holding their pennies for the BBL, for example. It's like we can only afford to go to one game. The yep. kids don't have a long attention span. Although I got to say, I did see a lot of kids there.
0: Hmm.
1: Maybe they're like, hmm, maybe we'll go to the three and a half hour Big Bash game rather than a full day of Test cricket, yeah. where the run rate's slower and.
0: Exactly. It's for it's the, the purest. Yeah. The thing is, all these people say, Oh, let's take the game away from, from Perth. Okay, let's also remember the fact that it never rains in Perth. Yep. So you're never gonna have to worry about a day being lost. It could still rain in Sydney or Melbourne for pretty much the entirety of summer. You can still get days where it's gonna get rained out. So Perth
1: has never lost a day to rain in test cricket history probably, ever. Probably never will. Touch it's with very it. unlikely. It'd have to be cyclonic kind of, yeah.
0: And you know, I think we do pretty well in Perth as we're a, a fortress, as, yeah. as, a, as a general
1: rule. Yeah, so we do pretty bloody well. Yeah. You
0: know, what are you what are you more concerned with? The Australian team winning or the seats being full. Yeah. So if you're concerned about the optics and how it all sort
1: of looks, it's not called optics stadium, it's optus stadium. It's different. <laughs> well, so- the other thing was looking into that sun, so people were sitting and people and we did it too. We moved with the sun. So depending on the camera angle on the telly, it might look absolutely 100% empty like so I took a photo and put it on Twitter a couple of things one it was the beginning of the day but also that was the side facing the sun and everyone was around on our side now as the other part of the day we all went around to the other side so that plays a part there too yeah yeah I'm not necessarily trying to make excuses here it's interesting yeah
0: they just yeah they need to chill a bit
1: yeah but you know really glad we got out there and and great to see and the Aussies played superbly well Really, really well, and our quicks are looking good, and yeah, yeah, good signs.
0: Got a fun stat for you.
1: Oh yeah, so Australia had more second
0: innings runs by players born in Pakistan than Pakistan did. <laughs> Usman, Usman Khawaja with ninety, Pakistan eighty nine. <laughs> Th- thanks to Tim Tim O'Kane at Wisden nine 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 four.
1: Oh wow, cracking tweet. Yeah, that's classic. Love that. Yeah, but yeah, look amazing.
0: The, the other thing as well, just quickly to go back to the whole thing is. You've also got to remember that Pakistan is not as big a draw card as India absolutely. or England yep. or most of the teams out there, really. Like, yep. pa- Pakistan haven't really done particularly well down under. I mean, yep.
1: and we missed our last ashes because of COVID. Perth missed the ashes test because of COVID. So, we, yeah, yeah.
0: Yep. So, yeah, I don't think that's really fair. I mean, put it this way I've been to Days of the Ashes in Perth and I know the whacker was absolutely packed. absolutely yes. chockers. Yep. I can almost guarantee that if you had a an ashes test, you'd probably get thirty to thirty five thousand a day.
1: On the weekends for sure. Definitely yeah. Hard. Yeah. But also people are more likely to make an effort to take leave and that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: So yeah, there you go.